You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Interesting 24 hours. It's good to see all of you. Marty, it's great to see you. You've been joining us pretty regular the last um, last couple of weeks, and uh, it's been uh, it's been kind of nice having you around as, as much as we're getting you. How are you? I'm reasonable. Thank you very much for asking. It's good to be here. We said way back that this whole podcasting process was cathartic and a form of therapy, and I think I need that therapy more than ever given current events. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's getting very interesting over here. We're going to get into all of that today. Uh, Bruce, how are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like Marty's um, reasonable. That's a good good state to be in. We're joined by a very special guest today. And the reason he is on is because he reached out to you, Marty, and uh, we're happy to have him here. Uh, this is a listener of ours who decided he wanted to come on and uh, sit down and talk to us today. And we're happy to have him here. Mike, how are you? I am well. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. Now, before we get into everything about uh, what's going on and how crazy all this is getting on both sides of the pond, uh, let's start with you, Mike. Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what brought you to us here today. Sure. I'm an indoor air quality professional uh, here in the Northeast. I've been listening to uh, your podcast now for about six months. Um, I'm in the indoor air quality field and I help customers who have compromised immune systems reduce the microbial load in their house. And since the beginning of all of this, I was kind of beside myself with the science that was behind it, really stating about mask wearing and and how these viruses and bacteria actually operate. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I have some certifications uh, in my industry. I'm not uh, no doctor or run a, have a PhD of any sort. But I deal with these things on a daily basis, and I know what you can and can't remove. And and chasing this virus to me, and what I've stood up for since the beginning is that you're just chasing a ghost. And um, now that the numbers are showing that we've had the same same death rate over the last five years, it's it just doesn't make any sense to me anymore. So that's why I'm here. Well, we're glad to have you. And I think I think Marty twisted your arm just a little bit, didn't he? D- did he do that? <laughs> he, he twisted your arm just no. a little bit. No, he was he was good. I, I just. I told him who I was, and he he was more than happy to have me on. So, of course, and if I had twisted your arm, you'd know about it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that much I can I can assure you. Now, I'm just curious because I, I haven't asked you this question yet. How how exactly did you find us? I was on Pandora, and I was just looking for. It was probably back in May, and I was just looking for alternative news media. I, I couldn't watch TV anymore. So I started listening to podcasts, and you were one of them. Just that's to interesting. Get a different outlook. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting because I mean I, I I'm not sure how we're actually listed on Pandora. I know that we're over there, and we actually have one of the guys that works behind the scenes here uh, with us, Alex. He actually was was able to get us um, the ability to get plugged in over there because it's a little difficult depending on where you are in the world to get plugged in on certain U.S. providers. But Pandora happens to be one of the biggest platforms we're on. But uh, I have a funny feeling that podcasting is going to be 
under attack very shortly. This has also been announced today. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Parler will be shutting down. Uh, they're going to be um, divorcing themselves with uh, the Amazon Web Services. Amazon has made a statement saying that they will be removing Parler from their web servers. So Parler will be going down. The CEO has made several statements today, and I will see if I can pull these up real quick. I should have had these ready, and I do apologize. Have you guys heard about Parler coming down? Yes. Rumor no, did. I, I haven't heard about it apart from from your good self. But it's 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 a shocking state of affairs, isn't it? With uh, so much free speech just being clamped down on. So the CEO of Parler, John Matz, has come out and made the following statement. He says, we are the closest thing to competition that Facebook or Twitter has seen in many years. I believe Amazon, Google, and Apple work together to try and ensure that they don't have competition. They will not win. We are the world's last hope for free speech and free information. What they are doing is unprecedented, unfounded, and absolutely disgusting and shameful. This is a battle against all of us, liberals, conservatives, atheists, Christians, black, white, etc. They want to keep their monopoly over our speech. They want us fighting. They don't want us working together. They don't want us working with each other. They want us hating one another. Parlay. What is the definition of parlay? It brings two people together with conflicting ideas. Our mission is free speech, democracy, and us the people having the power. The elite don't want us to be free. They want hate, division, and power. It's a fantastic statement he put out. Yeah, and it kind of says it all, doesn't it? Where do they go from here, though? What, what does that mean? Does that mean they've got to set up their own servers to to uh, operate through rather than through Google and, and, and Amazon? He did say that they have been working. They've been planning for this for quite some time, uh, and they're working on their own servers. He says that they will be back up and running in about a week. But that's just another thing. I mean, that, that's another aspect in this in this war that we're dealing with now. People are starting to finally get it, I think. They're starting to understand that this is not fought with a traditional sense. We're not fighting on a battlefield. We're not fighting against another human being in the sense of we're shooting at each other. This is a different kind of warfare. I said the wars of the future will be economical, biological, and cyber. Now we're starting to see all, of, all three of those things simultaneously. All these politicians... I, and I've used the analogy two or three times this week already. They're in the bunker like the Nazis in the in the final days of the Third Reich. The allies are closing in. Look what's happening. Look what's happening. Look what happened in Berlin last night. The politicians have barricaded themselves in the Reichstag. They've erected barriers, steel barriers and more police around the parliament building because of what happened in D.C. They've barricaded themselves in at the Capitol building because of what happened in D.C. But before I get off on a long ramble here, I don't want to gloss over this too much. Mike, let's let's go to you. I, I understand uh, that. And we'll talk about we'll talk about your business. Uh, but I want, since we're on the topic now and since we were right here at the forefront of this thing, let's talk about what your stance is and, and what you're seeing uh, as far as let, let's start with the Capitol. Uh, let, let's start with uh, the Capitol and what happened there. Uh, or actually, we can. I tell you what. Let's go back further than that. Let's start with the media. Let's start with the mainstream media. You said that you started listening to us because you were looking for alternatives because you couldn't watch what was on TV anymore. And I don't blame you. I, you know, I quit watching that crap years ago, and I said, okay, we're just going to have to do this ourselves. So let's start with what set you on that path, and then where you see things going now, and what your takeaway is from the media doing this to our uh, respective populations. So for me. Uh, because I was I'm in the industry of dealing with microorganisms, I guess it was at that point that I was awakened to, wow, there's a this they're just lying repeatedly over and over, and it made absolutely no sense. And it and they were taking away some simple facts of like eighth grade science, and so I had to step away from watching any type of media because it was just lie after lie, and you had Fouch the slouch on there, pardon me, um, 
just telling us what to do and what not to do. So I, I, I had to look for other media sources, and I am also on Parler, and um, and all the all the news is that they are shutting down in a week. Um, there's a couple of different apps out there that have come up for new social media uh, platforms that I joined today uh, to hopefully you know stay in connection with like-minded people. But what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's just unconstitutional. It's just going into a police state worldwide. And that's the way I see it. And, and, and for people that are living today that are having their cake and eat it too, uh, that day's going to come to an end. And uh, I don't want to be on that side. So that's how I feel. I mentioned earlier that I was flicking through various news channels, uh, wound up on Fox News and saw Tucker and what he was saying really struck home and made sense. What he was saying was that the political class, the elites, the one thing that they despise most are proles. That's people who look like them, but are not as privileged as them. And, and we scare them. And if you look at the people we've had on the podcast in, in recent months, we've had an undertaker who said that the death rate hasn't happened the, you know, the, the expected increases in, in people dying, particularly this time of year, hasn't happened. We've had GP on, who's a frontline medical healthcare professional, and he works in the, in the world of vaccinations and virology. We've had uh, Steve on, who's a, a, a frontline uh, carer within, you know, the healthcare system. And now we've got Mike, who's, who's an expert in air filtration and microbial cleaning, and he's saying that masks don't really work because of the how tiny these viruses are and how they get through these masks. So what you've got is a bunch of proles on here on this podcast who um, are unpicking the lies that are being told by media. And um, I totally get where Mike is coming from. I cannot, I can't watch most news without shouting and screaming at the television and people around me uh, are getting fed up with my my tirades. Can I chime in for a minute? Absolutely. Go right ahead. This is just some common sense facts. And this is what I tell all of my immunocompromised customers, that if this was a virus or a pandemic, you would all be dead and I'd be out of work. And that's just the simple truth. A, a, a viral, uh, whether manufactured or evolved over time uh, would run its course. And if it was a pandemic, you're talking 30 to 60 million people dead in the first 90 days, not 300,000 in a year. Marty had mentioned there, and we were talking a little bit uh, prior to uh, about masks. Do you, do you want to go over uh, the type of uh, issues that you deal with when it comes to your customers uh, with these, uh, these masks and uh, how you explain it to them about how they're completely, well, they really, they, they just, they don't work. Yes, they're, they're ineffective. So when I get into um, a potential customer's home, I explain to them the process of how we manipulate the air. Uh, we use engineered controls in our industry to control particulates and air movement. Uh, and we use AFDs, which are air filtration devices, and they're HEPA filtered. So we use 99.97 HEPA filters all the way up to 99.99 HEPA filters so that when I'm dealing with microorganisms of fungi that are 0.03 microns or higher, I can capture those and I'm not going to endanger the family or cross-contaminate throughout the house. 
So I explain to them the process of what I can and can't capture. And then I'll come outside and I'll take my mask off and I'll explain to them. I don't understand how these masks are going to work when a 0.01 micron virus would fly right through an AFD. Um, This mask is just a a pleated paper fabric. It's not going to stop anything. So um, I've been pretty much an anti-mask guy from the beginning. And I try to, you know, speak some common sense into my customers. That's what I've been doing. It's like, it's, it just doesn't operate this way. And if it did, and if it was real, there'd be a lot more dead much quicker because you can't stop something this small. You just can't. It's called normal ecology. I've been to courses for it. And they say, and one thing I have a question is like, they can say that this virus I heard on the news could last up to nine days on some type of uh, surface. When I took my courses for death scene cleanup, I, I took a course to clean up dead bodies. And when you went to course, they would be like, yes, there's all kinds of nasty virus and bacteria in a pile of blood or feces or whatever it might be. And there's ways to go about and take care of that. And yeah, HIV was one of them could live up for like five to 14 days or something like that. I could understand that in a pile of blood, but this virus, I mean, are they, is it like a big glob of snot that they're shooting in a corner and then testing it nine days later? I like, I just don't understand how something that small could live for nine days on any type of surface. I just don't get it. Well, we've, we've seen a constant jockeying of, of, well, I think Bruce even calls it moving the goalpost. That's what we've been hearing out of these people is, well, uh, it's on the surface, but it's not on the surface, but then it lasts for 30 seconds, but oh, wait a minute, it can last for up to 30 days, then it's 14 days, then it's nine days. Days, then it's two days. Yeah. No one knows. And so it's that constant moving back and forth. And the average person out there, myself included, myself included, the average person out there is not well versed in the things that you're sitting here talking about that you're a professional in. And so mm. we really don't know how these things work. We, we don't know whether or not uh, these things that we're being told uh, are true. I mean, I've just dismissed it because they're all a bunch of crazy lunatics anyway, and they just want power at this point. But when we sit down and we start looking at research papers and we start looking at the information that's being suppressed, that they just dismiss as some crazy conspiracy theory, which is, I mean, and I'm not saying you're a crazy conspiracy theorist, but when someone like yourself comes forward and who is a professional, a licensed professional in these areas, and you put forth facts, actual facts, which they sit there and say, oh, we're fact based, we're evidence based all day, every day. They're saying exactly that in the mainstream media. And they're none of these things. When you try and present a real point, you're banned, you're kicked off, you're thrown out, you're discredited, you're shamed, everything. So it's it's insulting to I, I honestly believe it's insulting to the, the real professionals such as yourself that really do know what you're talking about that gets ostracized by the, these clowns on TV. I'm in agreement fully with that. Now, it needs a host. Any type of bacteria or virus needs a host. And these viruses, they don't want to leave the human body. I think Bruce has uh, given some statistics on the transmission rate, which is being you know, extremely exaggerated. Viruses and bacteria need a host, and they're not looking to jump out of your body to, to go die somewhere. They, they want to continue to live. It's a living microorganism. So there's just so, so much false science or theoretical science that I, I call it. And some days I even call them magicians because I, I, I really do. It's just an illusion. And uh, for me, I, I'm just a, a little small business owner. Been doing this for 10 years. And everything that we've learned in my industry is there's a, a common term called normal ecology. And that is something that you just we don't or never will have the power to control. 
they will always, I mean, if one human sheds 40 pounds of gross debris in one year, do you know how much stuff is falling off of us? If we could actually see that, you know how disgusted we would be? We were just I'm dirty sure. people. And that's that's normal ecology. We got to live with that. I was just going to reemphasize Mike's point that if you sneeze and a big lump of snot comes out, that may well contain the virus. However, someone's practically got to lick that up in order to catch it. You, you know, stuff will stay alive as long as it's got a medium to stay alive within. These viruses, as far as I'm aware, don't feed. They don't feed. They replicate themselves. It's simple cell division within a medium. And if that medium isn't sufficient, then they will stop replicating. And stuff doesn't live forever on a nice, clean, hard surface. It will disappear. It will be killed by ultraviolet light. It will be killed by normal detergents and people cleaning. The amount of contaminant or virus you have to take on board to get COVID, I think it's 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 ridiculously high. And that's why perhaps social distancing will work to a certain extent because you're not inhaling someone's exhaled miasma. But just to double down on, on Mike's point, the virus needs a host in which to to survive and live and it's not keen to jump outside of that yeah but i should add i'm not a doctor i wear a mask as one though you wear a mask as one Uh, that's a that's a no that's a that's a good point you i mean you you do wear masks all of the time in your business so when when you're or, or do you not we do and so the, the masks that you wear, how do these and that's a good that's a good question. How, how do these differ from the masks that the average public is wearing these uh, the, these cloth pieces of paper or whatever in the hell they are uh, that people are wearing over their faces? How, how do the masks that you wear? Because I'm assuming you're you're doing like the full canister respirator type things. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it is. So we wear uh, full face PPE masks with P100 cartridges typically. And they are a HEPA filter cartridge of 99.97. And they are about as useless as the mask to stop a virus or bacteria. So just, just to be, to be clear, just to be clear, you're not. And that, that was my point right there is, is exactly mm-hmm. that. The masks that you wear that are the full respirator style mask, you're saying that this, not even this, is going to stop what this thing supposedly is. No, it can't. I mean, viruses and bacteria are 0.01 microns, 0.02 and we use HEPA filtration, and it will not stop that, no. HEPA filtration at 99.97, so. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so, I I mean, I make that same argument there about is, okay, here's supposedly a virus that comes from a a level four containment lab, which is the highest level laboratory we have on the planet that comes from behind three magnetically sealed doors and worked on by people in positive pressure suits. What in the hell makes you think that some piece of cloth is going to protect you? That's the point that I always try to employ to people. You can't. You just can't stop these things. And that's why, you know, herd immunity is, is... the way to go. It's always going to be the way because you can't stop it. It's going to go through people. Some might get sick, some not. I mean, that's what the flu does. I have an app, not to get sidetracked, but there's an app on my phone for weather. So I need to take relative humidity temperature quite frequently on some of my jobs. So I like to have a little app so I can tell what the outside temperature and humidity is compared to inside. And on that app, they they discuss nothing about COVID, but you can flow down to their flu index and they record zero on their flu index. And I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> no laboratory confirmed cases of the influenza and no reported increase in the number of cases of influenza-like illness. In my opinion, I think these guys have been trying, or this, whoever they are, the powers to be, have been trying to rename the flu for a very long time. And 
it, it just it's what makes common sense to me. Just in an agreement, um, the, the data we're looking at, looking at CDC numbers and everything, they don't even have a record of what this or well last year's uh, influenza numbers are. They can't even give a projection because they don't have enough numbers on that. Everything's been listed as COVID nineteen, so. I absolutely think it's uh, it's all hysterics. They're they're just trying to gen up a bunch of fear about a flu. When when GP was talking the other night, and I, and I foolishly said that flu and the common cold are coronaviruses, he stopped me straight away and said that no flu isn't a coronavirus. But when you look at how many more people are being immunized or vaccinated against flu every year, it's hardly surprising that there are some quite serious mutations. Life is amazing, as in life on Earth started with microbes. And what's to say that all the vaccination and immunization that's going on for flu and the common cold hasn't brought about these kind of mutations? And and maybe that's what we're really facing. I don't know what you guys feel about that, but it's just a thought that has occurred to me. Well, I think they can see something and it's something different. How it got to this point, who knows whether it was manufactured or not, or whether it's evolved over time. I just know that the numbers don't justify the cause of what's going on, in my in my opinion. I think you uh, Brits say pretty well when the, the pill is worse than the ill. I like that. Yeah, yeah. The cure is worse than the, the disease. I was just thinking as well, when I did my time in the military, I quite often got gassed by my own side, you know, annually, the test of the, the respirator. And I just did a quick search to try and find out how big the particles of CS gas are, and I believe they're at about 10 microns. So in my day, it was the S10 respirator with the canister, and that was supposed to protect me from nuclear, biological, and chemical um, particles from entering my body if I was fully suited up and wearing a mask uh, or respirator. Um, but at 10 microns, it's quite big when you compare it to the size of a virus, which I think, were you saying three microns or 0.3 microns? 0.03 microns. 0.03 microns. So yep. so the filtration, yeah, the filtration system that they gave us was uh, designed to cope with sort of between 0.9 and 10 microns particulate material stopping us breathing it in. So it certainly wouldn't have stopped any kind of virus uh, or bacteria, would it? So, no, so the whole I, chemical, yeah, sorry, carry on. I spent four years in the Army, and we did the in the infantry, same thing, MOP4. The other, the difference in some of the masks um, would be charcoal uh, along with a HEPA, uh, some type of HEPA filtration or a high filtration. That's what we used when, in the Army, but that still wouldn't stop something that small. You're absolutely right. I, I believe in some of the research I was looking at, uh, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, if your filter or your, your – mask, for example, if you can see light through it, uh, I believe 10 microns is the smallest you can see light through, if I remember right. Yeah, I mean, we would never take our filters to bits. Uh, We might replace the filter or the canister, and and there was a drill for that. And sometimes these things were supposed to be able to work even when wet. So it, it just amazes me that the NBC, nuclear, biological and chemical, it might prevent contaminated particles that are radioactive coming through it might prevent chemicals chemical agents from coming through but the biological bit not a chance that was never going to happen so that 
that's a con <laughs> and and it's a con to and I've, I've only just learned that by doing a tiny bit of research just now that the respirator I was issued with would not have stopped a biological agent from getting to me. Most of the uh, nuclear, it's it's the fallout. It would technically that that that's the problem, right? If there was a nuclear blast and you're going into an area with uh, nuclear fallout, right? It's the debris that's carrying the nuclear uh, the the radioactive particles that the filter. Would yeah, make. absolutely. It's uh, dust, yeah. basically, yeah, yeah. and and dust dust is certainly. Dust particles are bigger than than 0.9 microns. Okay, so let's go ahead and change up a little bit. Let's move over to current events. Let's talk about what's going on. So we put out a podcast today, which will be yesterday for anybody that's, uh, that's listening. Uh, and by the way, let's plug this real quick. Parlor is going down. And when I say going down, they're going to remove it. Amazon Web Services are being told to take them down. So they're going to be removed. What's happening? People are jumping into other platforms. They're jumping into places like Telegram. We are on Telegram. If you have not moved to Telegram, I would highly suggest you do that. It is a social networking platform. It is also a communications platform for private communications. And it is all end-to-end encryption. We are, like I said, we are running a Telegram channel over there. You can search for us. You can subscribe to us for free at Dynamic Independence. You can just search for Dynamic Independence and we will pop right up and you can join us. It's also easy to go into the channel info once you're joined. You can send out the link to other people and we will be mirroring our podcasts. So whatever you get it on now, Apple, iTunes, uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Deezer, Stitcher, any of these, Spotify, any of these platforms, it will still go out there, but the days of podcasting are numbered. So if you want to follow us, if you want to continue to follow us and you want to uh, listen to our podcast, that's where they will be. And we will also from time to time be putting out uh, information that will be, shall we say, not published on the uh, the other platforms due to terms of service. So if you want that extra content, we'll be dropping some of that in there as well. But uh, yeah, that's where we'll be, we will be moving in the coming days. Uh, because I have a funny feeling this is going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. But uh, I wanted to talk about the podcast that we did yesterday, and we went and did another Digital Dark Age. You know, I had people, and, and we can talk about this in all of our different experiences. I had people telling me yesterday, people messaging me from different parts of the world, and they're all saying, what the hell kind of world did I just wake up in? Because everybody was being banned. Everybody's being thrown off. And I said, the time that we've all been expecting is here. This is it. As soon as I sent it to Bruce, I, I caught Bruce right when he was getting out of bed. I was like, dude, you got to get up. <laughs> you got to get up and you got to see this. And he's like, what's going on? And I said, everybody got banned. Trump got removed. And I mean, removed, not suspended, removed. He got banned. Limbaugh got banned. Steve Bannon got banned. Rudy Giuliani got kicked off of uh, YouTube last night. The whole legal team, everybody, anybody that's associated with this, the purge has started. It's here. And that's exactly what Bruce said to me. He said, it's here. And I said, yeah, this is it. This is what we've been talking about for the last two and a half, almost three years now is exactly this. And I've got people that are saying to me again, what's going on? You know, I tried to explain this to somebody uh, yesterday and they said, well, what what do you mean? What, what's going on? And I said, have you not noticed what's going on with, with these big tech companies? And the response I got was, I don't really care. That's what I got. That's what I got. This is somebody with kids is telling me this. And they said, I, I don't really care. Then they had the audacity to turn around and say, well, you're over in a, in a part of the world where this doesn't even affect you. I could not help but laugh. I, I couldn't help but laugh. And, and I'm like, do, do you not understand that? I mean, that, like if Joe Biden goes in office, they're talking about a hard lockdown in the U.S. 13 days from now for 100 days. And the response I got was, well, it's OK. I'll just take unemployment again. 
I'm fine. Let's get into each of our experiences. That's what I'm dealing with. Okay, that, that, I'm not saying that's everybody, but that's what I'm dealing with. Mike, you're the guest of honor this evening. What are you dealing with uh, up there in your part of the uh, the country where uh, you're seeing all of this as well? So with the ones that I've uh, the experience around here has been uh, a lot of fear. A lot of my customers definitely live in in a state of fear and anxiousness. What I've noticed for Community-wide is, uh, you know, I had an experience at a at a um, at a restaurant the other night. I was having a drink and dinner. Overheard a conversation of a young man about the age of mid twenties, I'd have to say, and he was picking up four growlers, which are large thirty-two ounce beers that you can keep in your fridge for a week or so. He was uh, he was talking to his his buddy, and he said, "Yeah, on Monday mornings, I wake up, I answer the phone for my company, and drink my beer." Why do I have to complain? Well, I mean, I, I got my cake and eat it too. And that's been, I've seen that kind of mentality that as long as we continue to receive, then, hey, it's okay. I, I, I take the security uh, over my freedom until their freedom starts getting yanked from them. I don't think they are going to wake up, unfortunately. You know, I think it's been the, the thing across the board, hasn't it? It's been people that we've essentially been bribing them. I mean, we talked beforehand about PPP money, so the Paycheck Protection Program. So the businesses, the small businesses that were recipients of that, I mean, okay, there was that, that, but that was to help the small businesses. But we also gave the people that were laid off or lost their jobs completely, we were giving them an extra, in the beginning, $600 a week, plus what their unemployment would be. So we're essentially buying people off. They're, they're the having their cake and eating it too crowd, right? Yes. Yeah. It's why would you, why would there be any other motivation to do anything when, when this has been going on for a long time? I, I don't, I mean, here is just the, the tipping of the iceberg, but to hand out to people, to, to demoralize our country, to just give, 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 and just print out money. It, it just can't last. And these people, it's, it's very frustrating it, to see my customers. You know, I can only speak for what I see over here and my customer base and, to see the state of anxiousness in the channel, the local news on 24-7, living in fear of something that, in my personal opinion, uh, doesn't justify uh, the actions that this country or this nat- the whole world has taken to, to handle this. And then you have the others that are living on the lamb. They just say, hey, this is great. Why do I have to work when I'm getting paid more money to sit at home? And if Biden gets in, if, if this first 100-day lockdown and, and mask mandate and more money, I just don't know where they're going to get it. I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Well, it's it's like what uh, Bruce and I always say. We, we take the uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez line. How do you pay for it? Well, you just do. Yeah, yeah. The Cortez line of you just do, you just get the money. That's kind of the, the Corbyn line or was before he slunk off into insignificance, his whole list of policies, which is usual for the left. We're all freebie handouts vote buying ideas that were never going to work and would have bankrupt the country. But, you know, we're not a partisan show, particularly recently, because if we did have any affection for the Republican Party, we've kind of lost that a bit now with the way that they've just capitulated. But it always seems that from the left, from the Democrats, from Labour Party in the UK, their policies are always designed to attract those kind of people who will take their growlers, which means something completely different here in the UK, by the way, and <laughs> and just take the money, the free money, and sit at home and be drunk. And, well, what a great life that is. That's the life of, of lottery winners and, and people who were born into money. But it's not the way that countries build their economies and proper growth happens, is it? No, not at all. 
Oh yeah. Okay. I want to talk about the capital. Uh, I want to talk about the capital. Let's let's get into the U.S. capital. The siege. <laughs> you know, I almost played into the mainstream media headline there. The siege at the U.S. capital. Let's talk about what happened on January the sixth at the U.S. capital. Uh, and I'm curious. I mean, we're, we've been talking about this for a couple of days, but Mike, seeing as how you're the first on with us, let's go over. Let's go over with you. How do you think things went that day? Uh, and and were, I'm assuming you were watching and and watching everything and seeing everything that was happening. What were your thoughts when you were seeing? It. Well, I didn't want to see any type of violence, of course. I, I, I wanted to see them stand up for what we believe in and our constitutional rights. But I knew I, I knew that there was going to be antagonists there. I mean, it, and that's what it turned out to be. I mean, that's what I've seen on alternative media sources where Trumpers actually pulling the guy down that was trying to break the glass window. And then the, the poor woman who was shot walking up the stairs. I was just disgusted. And, and I wish it didn't ha- it happen in that sense and in, in that way. But what I see in the media afterwards and, and how they can say, well, we can burn our cities and that's OK. But if you want to have uh, if you want to walk into your state capital, you can't do that. So I think it should have been dealt with differently in the way that they're trying to portray President Trump as some uh, tyrannical, you know, organizer to to tear down uh, the government. He didn't even say that. He just said, I'll walk with you. I mean, I listened to the whole thing. And uh, there's always going to be uh, trouble in the crowd. And and that's what I've seen. I've seen some antagonists, Antifa antagonists there. Um, that's been portrayed in Parla and some other media, uh, alternative media sites. So yeah, it's it, it's frustrating. Like I, I, to be honest with you, it's just yeah. I, I just I it bothers me to the point where the media, the lies that they portray and what they're doing is is disgusting. And I, a little side note, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar of how Napoleon Bonaparte came into power. Are you guys familiar with that? He was You're French. Me- you know how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I was getting ready to say, Marty, you want to take this one? <laughs> because he's French. No, I'd like Mike to educate us because whatever I say will be tainted and biased. He owned two newspapers. And that's all it takes, my friend, isn't it? Um, that's it. Even in even in those days when uh, people, by and large, were actually illiterate, still there there weren't many state schools open, and only the middle classes and the very rich could read. There would occasionally be someone who could read, and they would get together in the local bar and they would read out the newspaper, and and that's all it takes for someone to give their version of events. And of course, the masses who couldn't read, just had to take their word for it. And that's how we are now. We're in exactly the same situation. We get a one-sided view of world events from the heavily biased, totally bought and paid for propaganda services that we call our mass media. And you know, it's funny that uh, George Soros takes that same line, pretty much. You're talking about how Napoleon had two newspapers. Well, that's one of the first things that George Soros does when he goes into a country is he takes over a single radio station. That's all he does. Or or he'll grab a newspaper outlet and he'll get everything in there turned to his agenda and turn back on the population. That's exactly what he does. He does the same thing. Only that he's not any kind of ideologue. He doesn't have an ideology. He doesn't care. All he needs is chaos. And within you know, one radio station like LBC, for instance. I've I've no idea if he owns part of that, but no, you, he just owns the host. Well, that's what I feel. You used to have Nigel Farage speaking on there. He's lost credibility now, of course, but he was ousted, and it left Nick Ferrari as the only 
conservative voice on the whole station. Everybody else is of the left and of that bias. Maybe that's not going to cause enough friction and enough division now. Perhaps they need to think about putting another right-wing conservative host on because if that is their aim to cause division, then it won't happen if you're only getting the left side. That's true. That's true. But to Mike's point, what he said, it's the way that the media portrays this. They can go out all summer long. They can burn down churches. They can burn down homeless shelters. They can burn down community centers, public housing, all the rest of it. They can burn that stuff down. They can burn down your business. But when a thousand people storm a capital that are led by antagonists, as he said, which Antifa, I mean, I've seen the videos. I've seen them out there. They're out there smashing windows and in the and the doors and they get some people, some, well, uh, quite frankly, well-meaning people to go along with it and they storm the capital. Did they do any property damage? Maybe a little bit, but they didn't burn the place down. They didn't smash out any of the uh, uh, any any of the other uh, the chambers or anything like that when they were in there. Yeah, they rifled through some papers. The people, and I'm not condoning that, the people that were in there, they should get in trouble for that. I was talking about the guy, everybody's seen the photo of the guy going into Speaker Pelosi's office and putting his feet up on the desk. Look, I understand the guy's upset. I get where he's coming from. I really do understand it. I mean, I I don't really care for the lady. I think she's insane. But you don't go in there and put your feet up on the desk. You defeat these people in the marketplace of ideas. Do you know how you know that they don't have any ideas that can compete in the world, they hide themselves. They shut everyone else down. Their ideas don't win. They know this. Look at the parliament in uh, Berlin today. Look at what's going on in Paris. Look at what's going on in D.C. at the Capitol. They're barricading themselves in. They can't win the argument. They're having social media shut down. That's not working. Everyone's jumping into other things. The use of gab, right? I didn't even know what the hell gab was, but their usage is up 750% in the last 24 hours because parlors being shut down. When you start silencing like this, then that means that you have nothing. You have nothing. You can't produce. You can't win over ideas if you're shutting everyone else off. That means you're a failure. And the fact that you're barricading yourselves into buildings, what have I been saying? It's the bunker. They're in the bunker. They're losing. You can see it. You can see it. And we're right there on the edge of it. So what are they doing now? What are they going to come with now? Blackouts. Blackouts. DC's coming. A blackout in DC's coming. The Vatican went dark last night, supposedly. We're still trying to confirm that. They're supposedly calling for power outages across Paris, across London. In Berlin last night, this is confirmed. 30,000 people in Berlin last night lost power. Why? Because they don't want people storming the government building. DC scared the living hell out of them. Everything has changed. When you push on something, then they push back in another manner. This is not conventional warfare. When you got mad in the initial stages and you, the good men and women in America, when you got mad and you went to the state capitals, you went to the governor's mansions, down to the city halls, and you were protesting the lockdown saying, hey, what are you doing? We want to open our businesses. Let us decide this. You decided, "Okay, well, we're going to go home. What they do, they burned your neighborhoods down. George Floyd triggered the riots. So now you're back again. You show up in D.C. after President Trump calls you up there. You're standing out there a million strong. Those were the peaceful people. Yes, I'm not talking about the yahoos that broke into the Capitol, but the ones that were standing out there, the other 750,000 to a million that were standing there, those are the peaceful people. That's 1% of the peaceful crowd of voters that you have pissed off. And they didn't come marching in there. But now what's happened? That's the pushback from the next part of it. But now they're coming back at you again. They're going to cut off your social media. They're going to cut off your communications. Now they're going to cut off your power. They're going to cut off your water. It's called siege, but it's brought up to the modern age. They're losing. 
They're in their final days. You can see it. They're right on the edge of it. And we're just getting started. For me, the best outcome uh, on the six would have been all of those people slowly walking in, hands by their sides, until they completely filled that building. Not just a a few uh, yahoos, as you put it, but the whole lot should have moved forward and walked in there and then stood there peacefully and watched the whole declaration unveil. I would have loved to have seen the sweat dripping off Pence's brow as he declared the outcome with all those people stood there peacefully, but showing their presence, making it clear that they know what's going on. You know, I'm I'm a Brit. And I shouldn't be concerned. No, you're not. With what happens in America? No, I'm we're Irish. Not, we're not. We're not worried about that right now. You're yeah, a patriot. I know. That's what I you know, are. I know. But I've never been more concerned about who is about to be the next president of the United States. And we were talking. You were talking earlier on about hold. Yeah. Okay. Hold <laughs> the line. Yeah. Hold the line. That's all I'm saying. That's hold a, the line. That's a, that's a famous line from that short film I did. It is. That's why I said it. Hold the line. <laughs> but the point is, if that puppet manages to park his ass behind the desk in the Oval Office, all obstacles to uh, the World Economic Forums and the United Nations agendas have been removed. You know, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump, but he was an obstacle to their goals. And that's why this whole thing has been allowed. That's why the Democrats have broken all of the rules. That's why your courts have refused to listen to the evidence because they've been bought and paid for. And these agendas of the elite are what will be forced on us unless something dramatic happens. Uh, Mike, you want to jump in there? I don't, actually. Um, I was just thinking of, of something completely different, getting a little sidetracked. I wanted to share something with you. Yeah, please, go with, ahead. With uh, what's actually going on this year. I discussed it earlier. Uh, it was called gaslighting. And we were talking about the media earlier and what they're doing. And this is a perfect definition of, of what's happening. And it's been going on for a long time. Do you guys mind if I share it with you? Absolutely not. You go right ahead. Gaslighting, a term used to describe a particularly insidious form of psychological manipulation in which victims are systematically fed false information that makes them question what they know to be true. Over time, the victim becomes increasingly unable to discern truth from falsehood as they start doubting their own perceptions. Perfect definition of what's going on today, in my opinion. I think that's in the opinion of all of us. That's exactly what's happening. And it's taken its toll on a lot of people's mental health because they just haven't got anything that they can be sure of, anything they can really trust, because whatever channel you flick through, you're getting the same message over and over again. And it's no wonder people respond violently to these situations. It's not what should happen. But it's understandable. And as I was saying earlier, if that could have been just a totally peaceful walk in and complete takeover of that building by those people, I think there would have been a different outcome. I really do. And and now the media has got all the ammunition it needs again to denounce the conservatives um, viewpoint and to use it against us. Time and time again, we've seen this with some well-meaning, some people are just there for trouble, but they've been dragged into a situation that someone has then recorded 
on a mobile phone, on a smartphone, and you only see half the story. We don't know for certain that there were agitators from the other side, shall we say, in amongst those first people that went in there. But I'm highly inclined to believe that there were. But I don't know because we are being gaslit. That's for certain. Well, one thing I did see today, I did see this. I saw some footage today that I hadn't seen before. And it was footage, and I'll have to go back and and drag it out. But uh, I did see footage of the police actually like the Capitol Police, which, by the way, just on a side note, this is this is breaking. Capitol Police officer Howard Liebengood has just passed away uh, and he was working the Capitol clashes. Now, it's being said at the moment. This is unconfirmed. It's being said this moment that it was due to suicide. But he's he's just passed away now. Why do I say that? The D.C. police were well understaffed that day for what was going on. What, you're going to put 20 cops out there to hold back a million people? Are you crazy? And you're going to put just these tiny little uh, these tiny little barricades. I saw the view I saw today. And again, I'll have to go back and pull this because I know right where I saw it. I saw the Capitol Police and the D.C. police tearing the barricades down. They were pulling the barricades down and they were letting people through. And you could see the ones that were in the full riot gear waving their hands forward to get people up there. So those were your antagonists right there. And then, of course, the video that I saw at another angle with Antifa, because they work in pairs, you could see them. They were up there with their PR-24 smashing out the doors, trying to get other people around them to take part in it, but they wouldn't. They would slap the baton away from them. But that that's the kind of things that were happening. And the media is reporting this like it was some uh, siege and an, and an insurrection, and uh, it's the biggest thing since Pearl Harbor, and it's just, it's lunacy. It's lunacy. Yes, the people that went in there, they should face charges, sure. The destruction of property, no excuse for it. Storming into people's offices and and putting your feet up on their desk and walking out with their, uh, uh, their, their podiums that they speak on, no excuse for it. Letters being stolen from uh, congressmen and senators' offices, no excuse for that. Now, there was, a, there was one piece that was stolen. Nancy Pelosi's laptop was stolen. That's been confirmed. Who's got that? Don't know. The fact is, is that's been confirmed. And I don't know, maybe she wants it back. I would assume she'd want it back. But... Um, yeah, there was more going on there than uh, than what we were being led to believe. I mean, if you were to look at the mainstream media, as you said, Mike, they, uh, they with their gaslighting tactics, they're trying to alter everyone's perception. It's that monopolization of perception they're trying to get. That's why they're banning everybody. That's why they're shutting down social media uh, in mass like this. And so they're trying to prevent people's minds from being curious, if you will. So you can't connect with not just other people, but they will be allowed to control the narrative. But in my personal opinion, and maybe you guys disagree with this, in my personal opinion, it's too late for them. It's already too late for them on this. They've jumped the shark. They've gone too far with this when they've overreached. Why is it when authoritarians come to power, they always overreach like this in their final days? Why is it? And that's exactly what they're doing. Tech, tech companies, when you decided that you were going to take this step, your fate was sealed. You're done. Why do I say that? Do I, do I sound like I'm coming at you from a soapbox? No. No, because I know how these things play out in history. When you've got corporations like this that have taken the stances that they've taken, I'm looking at history. I'm not looking at at my own opinion here. I'm looking at history. These corporations, you will go down for this. You will go down. When you're taking a stance to quell human rights, to shut down free speech, to go against the very fabric of democracy itself, which you claim to have in such high regard, now you're going to take this step? And and you think that you're going to what? You think you're going to win? You think you're going to be on the the winning side of this? You think you're on the right side of history? You're not. Have you looked at Jack Dorsey? The guy looks like a bum that just rolled out of bed. He can't even clean himself up to sit in front of the U.S. Senate, for God's sake. Mark Zuckerberg, to his credit, at least he's clean cut. 
at least he's well well taken care of, well kept when he sits in front of Congress. Yeah, but the SS wore Hugo Boss designed uniforms. He did. So yeah. that's no guarantee of um, uh, of someone being a decent person. Just because no, I'm not saying that. Good. Oh no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying have some decency, have some respect. I mean, even if I'm sitting in front of, I mean, just a if I'm going to speak at say a council meeting or something, I'm going to be nice and, and clean cut and well kept and taken care of because I want to present myself. I'm going to present myself, whether it's a good in a good light or a bad light that I'm there for. It doesn't matter. It's I want to present myself with some respect because I want the same respect given back to me. That's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, you're right. It's a very good point to make. And because I can see myself on video and lockdown has caused me, uh, because I've been working from home, not to have worn a suit and shirt and tie for quite some time. And I'm actually looking as rough as a badger's rear end right now. And I'd love to tidy myself up and have a reason to tidy myself up uh, and go out and look smart. So please, can we soon get this all over and done with? I hope so, Marty. I'm with you. Men, I have to I have to kind of jump out a little early, but I wanted to no, leave you with something. Yes. Just saying, adversity is the prosperity of the great. And you men and our listeners, I believe, are all great. So it's coming. I think, Mr. Anderson, you've said it. If you anybody's been listening for the last six months like I have, uh, you've you've hit the nail on the head. And it's um, you've kind of walked us right through what the steps of what's going to happen, at least from my point of view. And they're happening. So remember that saying, adversity is the prosperity of the great. Thank you guys for That's, having me. Uh, you're welcome, Mike. It's uh, It's been really good to have you on. Thank you very much. You've made some excellent points and given us some, some food for thought and good information. So thanks, Ben. Thanks very much. Absolutely. And uh, th- thank you for being here tonight, Mike. I really appreciate that. We are just about finished ourselves anyway, but um, uh, it's been a real pleasure having you on. We would love to have you back. Uh, it's an open invitation to uh, to come back on, and we're thrilled that you reached out to us and you decided to come on and sit down and, and take part in our discussion. We would love to have you back, uh, as well as that other colleague of yours. Uh, if you want to bring him back with you, uh, we would love to have you both on simultaneously, and we'll uh, we'll sit down and we'll hash out some uh, some things that we see happening. Uh, I would like to like to have that dialogue and that dialectic. Absolutely. I'd love to. And you, Bruce, alive and well? Alive and well. Alive and well. <laughs> we have to keep checking. Take care, men. I, I will I will certainly stop by and see you men again and speak with you. Absolutely. All right, men. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Cheers, man. Have a good one. Thank you, Mike. Have a good evening. Uh, I'll tell you what. All right. So now that Mike's left, let's spend the last couple of minutes here. World leaders... And I'm doing the quote thing, leaders, right? These are not leaders. These are losers. These leaders that have barricaded themselves in like nothing but a bunch of cowards across the globe have expressed shock and dismay after supporters of U.S. President Donald Trump encouraged him, encouraged by him, encouraged by him. This is what they're saying. Encouraged by him. Stormed the U.S. Capitol building as Congress met to certify the results of the presidential election, which he lost to Joe Biden. Now, again, This is the bunker mentality. You know, I remember Nigel Farage saying about 10 years ago, I mean, these are back in the days when I would watch his speeches in Brussels at the EU parliament. And that's where I became a fan of that guy. And we've talked about Farage here. We talked about him just the other day. I became a fan of this guy because he would stand up there and he would actually throw it back in these people's faces and call them out right in front of everybody. I remember him saying at that point in time, 10 years ago, he was saying, talking about the EU, he's saying, you people are all in the bunker. You're in this bunker mentality. You, you think that this this project of yours is going to have some kind of a future. 
and it's not. Everything here is slowly dying. It's a slow bleed of the European Union. You've got today, like I said, in Berlin, the, the politicians have barricaded themselves into the Reichstag up there. The German foreign minister today has come out and he's proposed a joint EU and US Marshall Plan for Democracy. This is following the uh, the Capitol incident in D.C. Now, this is quite interesting. This is quite interesting because Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, just did, shall we say, a loop of Europe. OK, he went around to all the countries. He went to France, he went to Germany, he went to the Netherlands. He went to I think he even went to Luxembourg. He went to Italy. He went to uh, Greece. He went to uh, some of the some of the other eastern countries. He went to the Czech Republic. Uh, I think he went to Hungary as well. And his his whole team, his whole coalition, I believe he even went to Spain uh, and Portugal as well. He was, he was there. And where's the one place that he didn't go? Where did he not go? He was in Poland as well. He, where's the one place he didn't go? Anybody know? Would that be Brussels? By that would be Brussels. He didn't go to Brussels. Did he go to Strasbourg? He didn't go to Strasbourg. OK, uh, because obviously the parliament flips between the two locations. Right. Brussels and expense. Right. Yes. Yes. That's so true. He didn't accidentally turn up at one when they'd moved to the other. No, no, he didn't. He so didn't do that. What you're saying is he didn't go at all. He he didn't go at all. And no, he I put mean, out. How many American troops are left in Germany right now? I want to say I want to say about maybe maybe forty thousand, maybe forty thousand, maybe fifty thousand. That's about that's, it. Yeah, that's as big as nearly as big as our entire army. Yeah. So that's a significant number of American troops to be stationed inside a country that we might not be very good friends with anymore. Now, he's come out on January 5th. He just got back to uh, uh, to D.C. on this trip, I believe. Uh, and or maybe he's still out. I'm not sure. But he, he was touring all these all these European countries. And he, uh, he even hit a couple of northern African countries while he was there as well. But he put out this message on January 5th. OK, so five days ago, he said, we stand with our European friends on the mighty bedrock of freedom and democracy. That was Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. That was his saying on January the 5th. OK, that was his statement. Now, why on earth would the German foreign minister come out and say that they're proposing a joint EU-US Marshall Plan for democracy? Well, wait a minute. I thought this whole time you were a democracy. I thought this whole time you were championing democracy. Now, all of a sudden, you're not. Now you're you're looking to to build democracy. Well, what have you been all along then? See, here's the deal. The U.S., we're not interested in democracy with the European Union, who's anti-democratic. We're not interested in that. I'll tell you what we're interested in. And hear me on this one. We're interested in freedom and democracy with every single nation that wants to have freedom and democracy that is ruled by its own people. That's what we're interested in. We're not interested in, in world orders. We're not interested in cabals of unelected people. We're interested in true democratic reforms in countries. That's what we want. Yeah. The, the issue is countries keep putting themselves into prisons. The United Kingdom joined the common market when it was just a trade agreement and it crept up on us bit by bit until we were locked into both a system that decided our laws, allocated fishing rights, allocated quotas to farmers, and it just became more and more constrictive until eventually we decided to break free from it. But you look at the countries that are in the UN, nearly all of the countries in the world are now within the United Nations. And I don't believe for a minute that the United Nations is a fair and democratic system. No, it's not. It's I, turned into a good old boys club for third world dictators is what it's turned into. 
And so why do countries keep putting themselves into prisons? That, I'll that's tell you my why. question. I don't expect an answer, but if you've got one, that'd be great. I've got one. I've got one because, because they keep putting themselves into prison because they're not consulted. That's why. You got a political class that we've talked here at Nauseam about that make these decisions arbitrarily and they're appointed. They're appointed. They're not they're not elected people. That's another thing that, that Farage talked about. He says, how many of you people in here are elected? How many of you people in this commission are elected? Answer none. None. So you ask, how do they keep putting themselves in prisons? Because they don't put themselves in prisons. They're forced into it. This is why you can't have these organizations like the UN and the League of Nations before that 100 years ago, the European Union and all the rest of them, because they can't win with ideas. They don't go with things that work. Look what this has produced. The European Union has produced this. Is this what you want? The corrupt political class in the U.S. has produced this. Is this what you want? So they're not consulted. It has to be forced with them because they can't win any other way. I think you're right. My only problem is now I've no idea how to how to change it. But that change, I can feel it coming. I just yeah. don't know what it's going to it's, look like. It's coming. Now, I, I will say this. The, um, the German foreign minister, he did say this. He says, without democracy in the U.S., there is no democracy in Europe. Well, okay, he's right, because what happened in D.C., that scared the hell out of these people, scared them to death, scared them so much that now they've barricaded themselves into their parliaments. Well, if Joe Biden is leaving in a couple of days, why are you so scared? What, what's the problem? If all of this is what you say it is, well, then what's the problem? Why, why are you so scared? Why don't you step out and why don't you face the people that you represent? They're not interested in that. You got any final thoughts? Because we're uh, we're about to end here. Well, no, but as a card carrying Englishman, I've said in the past that what happened in the United States or the 13 colonies in 1776 was important. It needed to happen. And that German foreign minister is absolutely correct. If the process fails and democracy fails within the US, then the rest of the world will copy exactly what's happened. If it happens in the US, the world will follow. We will lead in that respect. That's why they're scared, because everyone's watching in the US. No one believes that you've got, uh, no one believes that was an insurrection. No one believes that that was uh, the worst thing since Pearl Harbor that the media is promoting. Nobody believes that. Nobody with a brain believes that. So they're, <laughs> they're scared to death. They're scared to death. When they saw that, a million people standing out in front of their... Oh, they didn't like that. Same thing when, when the Germans show up to protest. Why do you think they're building barricades around the Reichstag now? Why do you think they, they're cutting the power up there now? Because they don't want the same thing happening to them. They don't want people storming that building and taking their freedom back. That's not what they want. And to be honest with you, that, that doesn't need to happen. You don't need to storm these buildings to make your point. You can do this peacefully. It has to be peaceful. That's the key here. It has to be peaceful. If you get violent, we lose. We lose and you vindicate them. They're not vindicated, they're losers. It has to be peaceful. That's the only way out of this. Good words, Johnny. Absolutely. As I said, and normally we would plug our Parler accounts, but uh, we can't do that at the moment because Parler is in the process of being shut down and taken down. Uh, so in the meantime, what you can do is you can join our Telegram channel. Uh, and again, uh, we're still going to continue to put our podcast out, but please do get on Telegram if you have not already. That's going to be a fantastic platform in the future. It already is. We already use it for a multitude of things, but jump on there now. You can join channels just like social media. You get news feeds. You can communicate with each other. 
You can get our podcasts on there. It's all free. We will be putting out other content on there as well, not just our podcast here. As long as we will be up on our normal platforms, we'll be there. But we're also going to be mirroring everything on Telegram because we will be falling back to that at some point. So get on Telegram, get in our channel. Uh, you can join us over there. Search Dynamic Independence. It's a public channel. You can easily send it out to other people as well. Once you get other people on there, send it out to them. Again, we're just trying to get the word out. We're out of time this evening, gentlemen, but that'll do it for today. Bruce, I will see you tomorrow. Marty, I'll see you later on this week. And that's it. Have a good evening, guys. Good night, guys.